Vegas Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on the Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. Today I am joined by a man who's going through a journey that is very similar to the same one I am going through right now. Brian Malonis. Brian, um, man. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm on Facebook and, you know, um, I'm going through my own weight loss journey, my own kind of, you know, rediscovering myself and, and reinventing myself. And it didn't click at first because I'm watching your journey at the same time. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Why shouldn't we talk about this? Because I'm seeing a lot of similarities in what you're going through in what I went through. And I'm sure that means that many people are going through the same thing as well or want to go through the same thing and just haven't got the chance. So I guess my first question to you is, you know, Ring of Honor shut down. You now are out of a job. What was your thought process from that point when it stopped to when you decided that you were going to start working on yourself? Yeah. I mean, boy, initially it was, it was, it was really tough, right? I mean, you work, you know, my, in my case it took me 15 years to get my first contract. And, um, I mean, I was, I've always been a realist. You get, you get hired to get fired. And, and honestly, it's, this is going to sound stupid, but it's almost like a privilege to get fired at some point because that means you had to have been somewhere, right? To, right. If you, you had to have a job to lose a job. I think just in the manner in which it, um, in which it took place where it was so sudden, right. it was all of us all at once. Like, and it felt like it was just ripped away. Um, you know, I mean, I, I had struggled through the pandemic anyways. I mean, that's, I, I weight wise, that's when I got up to my heaviest and uh, really, you know, um, it's kind of funny to hear one of the bouncers talk about, you know, not drinking anymore, but really that's kind of like where the, um, my drinking got really out of control, which ballooned my weight. Um, but really towards the end there, I, I, um, I thought it was the end, you know, I thought, you know, at one point I was even contemplating, did I make, do I make final battle just it? uh, you know, I've been at this game a long time. Um, and I was just really in a dark and really down, um, you know, really down place. So those first couple months afterwards were tough. Um, I mean, I definitely hit some rock bottoms when it came to like drinking and had like a real, I don't know if I've even told this story on a, on a podcast or anything, but I'm, I may have told it online. I'm not sure, but you know, I ended up, you know, having to go to, uh, you know, I drank so much and went on such a bender that um, like a buddy's at a buddy's wedding that like two days later I had to go to the ER. I thought something was wrong and it just turns out, no, I was, completely just messed up from the booze. Wow. So um, I had to, I realized then like, this is the last February that I had to quit. I had to stop that. So that's kind of where the the path to, um, to getting healthier really started for me was that was the first step. I was like, I can't, I can't, I, I can't drink anymore like this. I can't, I can't do this to myself, my family, um, you know, um, putting myself at risk like that. And then, you know, I've always been heavy and you know what it is, you, you know it, right. It's not like, you know, people are just like, uh, well, just eat less. Just, just go to the gym. Like just, Oh geez, I hadn't thought of that. You know, like I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. And, and really, I think for me, the other kind of process of discovery was just, I mean, I, I don't know how old you are. I'm, I'm 41. Um, 40, 47. Yeah. So, so I mean, we're not all that all that different, and and we come from probably generations where men didn't talk about their um, their feelings or that they're hurting, or you just sort of sucked it up and swallowed it down. And I started to really start to think about that a lot, and you know, I was lucky enough to have a really great support system in place, some uh, some really great people close to me that. Uh, you know, you need people who aren't going to give up on you. And I, and I'm very lucky that I had, I had special people, um, you know, that just, that just weren't going to give up on me and allow me to, um, you know, 
validate, I guess, some of the ways I was, I was feeling because, you know, again, you just come from that mindset of like, ah, oh, suck it up. You know, you oh, you're sad. Ah, I'm not bad. I'm not sad. Like what's sad? Men don't get sad. Like, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Did you, so I think did, you, ever, did yeah. you ever find yourself when you look back at it, because in the, in the moment it, it doesn't register to you on what you're actually doing. But when you look back, did you ever try to justify that you were happy, even though you were, you knew down inside you were sad, but justify that you were happy because, well, look, I can have this to eat. I can have these drinks. I, you know, like utilizing yeah. those things that you know that you're overdoing to compensate for the actual problem, which is, and, and I agree a hundred percent, you know, I had to come to terms with my own depression, my own anxiety, my own sadness because of the fact that we never talked about it back, back then. Yeah. So I, I had to realize that what I was doing was I was essentially killing myself slowly on purpose because instead of committing suicide, I was just doing the long process this way. No one would say he killed himself. It would be, Oh, he died of a heart attack. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Could you, you're like, it's like, right. It's numbing. Right. Especially when you think of like some, a substance like alcohol, right? It's just, it's numbing feelings. It's numbing those things. It's, uh, you know, for periods of time when I would drink, I felt, of course, you know, you feel happy. And then the depression sets in while, while you're drinking. But it's the same. That's what I think some people don't realize about, about food, too. Food can be an addiction. And you get those good endorphins, right? Like you, you have a stressful day and then you grab some cookies or some pizza or something. And for those moments, like you're happy. And then within, you know, you know the feeling. It's the right. You're eating the pizza. You're you're stuffing your face, and then afterwards you feel horrible physically. And then like it's almost like the the self uh, deprecating thoughts start to seep in of like, oh, what are you doing? You shouldn't have ate that. I can't believe you did this again. Like then you start to like hate yourself and the self loathing of like losing self control. So it's you know it's it's a vicious cycle. It's, you know this is going to sound really stupid and it's going to sound funny and I don't. I don't mean it to be funny, but I it's it's so freaking accurate. And even though it came from a comedy movie, was you ever see like Austin Powers and the fat bastard character? Yeah. And he says, I eat because I'm unhappy, and I'm unhappy because I eat. And I know it's supposed to be funny and it's making fun of uh, you know overweight people and all that, but it completely encapsulates like at least yeah. I don't want to speak for everybody, but at least my mindset, you know. Um, I get unhappy, I so I stuff my face, and then I um, I become unhappy because I stuffed my face. So it's yeah. you know vicious cycle. Yeah, you know it's funny you say that because um, it, first off, no human being should be able to eat a large pizza by themselves in one sitting, no. and you know that I mean I found myself doing that um, you know a couple times a week, you know essentially. Yeah. Um, and to make it even worse and feeling even worse about yourself is you're not even motivated enough to go get the pizza yourself. You have to yeah. have it delivered, right? Oh, the amount of money I spent on DoorDash, man, like, geez. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I probably, I probably, I probably could like, I don't know. I probably could take like a trip or something and all the, all the fees I paid with DoorDash. Yeah, so, some drivers going through college thanks to us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. but, it's, but it's interesting because I think that something you hit on that's very true is, and, and as you said it, that memory flooded back to me. And that is, not only did I physically now feel that stuff creeping in after you finished that pizza, but the shame of looking at that empty box. Yeah. You know, the grease stains on that. And just realizing what you had just done, and then it's hitting you at the same time because your stomach is now just full, and you yeah. got this grease going, and it just all hits you at once. That boy, I this sucks. I mean, I was really looking forward to it. It was so good, and now I feel miserable. Yeah. What point did you start realizing that this was kind of a cycle that was starting to happen to you? Did it take, you know, once you recognized it in the fact that you were drinking to the excess, did you kind of then evaluate and go, you know what, I'm 
kind of doing the same thing on the food end. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I've always known. So I've always yo-yoed, right? I mean, at one point in my career, I was in phenomenal. I was in my early twenties, but I was, you know, I was down to like, you know, three oh eight at uh, at one point. Like I've really gotten, and I'm not blaming the wrestling business because I'm responsible for my own actions and what I put in my face. And but um, the wrestling business really does have a way of messing with your mind and preying on all your insecurities. So there were. Um, there was my, my weight yo-yoed a lot, a lot, a lot, you know, and then even when I got into ring of honor, you know, my weight was heavy, but I could still move. I was still wrestling every weekend. So it's like, you don't feel it as, uh, as much, but when the pandemic came and all of a sudden, like not only am I heavy and getting heavier, but now I'm sitting around doing nothing. Um, and you know, my schedule is light. And so now I would yo-yo up and down. Yeah. I saw, I, I, go good for a few weeks and then my knee would flare up or my back would flare up or I just gave up because it felt so long. So I think I, you know, I, what I learned is that for the first time I really had to, um, you know, here I am spending all this money on like going either to doctors or whatever for this or that. And it's just like, I had to realize like, you know, you got, you got to invest in yourself and that's why, you know, just like with anything, right. My mental health, I needed, I needed a therapist with, when you have physical ailments, you need a doctor. I needed help. I needed to hire somebody that could help and, and, and lead me. So for the first time in my life, I hired a fitness coach, um, to, you know, to, um, to help, to help guide me. And that, that's really, that's, you know, and I had already, by the time I had started that, I was already, um, about 40 pounds down maybe from my peak. And I've lost another like 60 plus, you know, since then, since then, this is really, I, st- I started, some people like say, oh, you're nuts for doing this. Um, but I started it the week after Thanksgiving with my mindset of being like, look, I'm already in a place I don't want to be. I don't want to have a, you know, and you know, you know, you know exactly what I'm saying. You find excuses, right? You find justifications and excuses. Well, uh, for e- December, it would have been real easy to say, it's the holidays. I can eat these cookies and I can eat this and I can stuff my face with this and it's the holidays, you know, and so I didn't want to do that. So that's why, um, you know, I had my Thanksgiving dinner and all that. And then the Monday after Thanksgiving, it was, it was, it was go time. And I'm, I'm 61 pounds down since, um, that point. So I hired Tony niece, Tony niece does a great program. Um, and he's just, I can't, you know, I know he only takes limited clients, but I can't say enough good things about Tony and his program and how much it's helped me and changed my life. And, um, you know, and, and it's not, you know, um, to me, I look at it like an investment. The other thing too, aside from, I mean, it's obviously right. I have, I have kids. Um, I want to be around for, uh, for them for a very, you know, for a very long time. I want to, you know, I want to do all the, the cliche things, right? You walk your daughter down the aisle and, you know, I want to go to my son's ball games and coach and be physically active when do things with them. Um, but I also, I'm not ready to give up on this crazy wrestling thing yet. You know, I think, I think I still got some, I think I still got some gas left in the tank, but in order to fulfill that, you know, um, you know, those goals, I, I gotta, I gotta be physically right. So to me, it was, uh, what used to be a hard decision became a really easy decision. And then especially once I started seeing results, um, you know, that's what, that's what keeps you, keeps you going. So I guess that's that's a very good question right there because I think that a lot of people that I, you know, who who uh, ask me questions, um, their biggest thing is that they they try to start, but it's that thing where they aren't necessarily seeing results or see a quick result and then don't see anything else right away. Yeah. For you, I like, so how long did it start taking you to get that idea of, because even with me, I know when I started, you know, that the first few pounds, it comes off just because. Oh, they fly off. It's water weight. (laughs) Exactly. Right. It's just water weight. And we know. I lost 17 pounds in the first week of this thing. Yeah, I I think I was probably right around the same thing where I lost somewhere around 15. I think I I totally I I totally agree with that. The question then is, at what point did you now start realizing that 
okay, I might drop three more pounds. And then, cause right now I'm, I'm plateauing at, I think I'm at like 341-ish, right? So I'm hitting that plateau of, you know, three, four, five days before that next, you know, couple pounds come off. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that people don't realize is that there's not a magic, um, you know, like they just see you losing weight, but they don't yeah. understand that there's that process of your body basically catching up to what you're doing, especially with the training, right? Because yeah. you know that we want to stay strong because we, you know, we have goals for our bodies and being a wrestler, you have to stay someone who can, you know, support another person when you're in the ring. So is it, is it something that you, you know, looked at and luckily you have, you know, Tony's guidance that you didn't get necessarily frustrated when you started seeing those first, you know, struggling pounds starting to come off and then stop and then starting to come off and then stop as you're plateauing. How was that? Like, Oh no, I still get, I still get frustrated. And, and that's, you know, Tony is great with that. Tony is there more than just like, it's not just like, here's your, here's your, uh, here's your meal plan. Here's your weights. Don't bother me. Like he's there to, to guide and to encourage. I was actually pretty frustrated last week. So uh, I haven't shared this too much publicly, but my last match a couple of weeks ago, I got, I got, a, I did suffer a concussion. Um, so I'm back at it now. You know, I, I it took 10 days, you know, to kind of get fully, um, you know, feeling fully good again. So, um, you know, you know, he sent me a nice video and said, Hey, don't get discouraged. Um, but it does. Yeah. When you have those weeks where it's like, you only lose like two pounds and you feel like you worked your ass off. Uh, it do, I still get frustrated and it does take somebody to say, Hey, no, that's still a loss. That's still good. And it's, you know, and I know, right. I know, right. You're building muscle, muscle, you know, muscle, it could be, you know, you're building muscle while you're losing fat. So there's, you know, there's displacement there, you know, like it's, um, it, it, it's just, it's a, it's not linear, right? Like right. I, I can't sit here and tell you that every single day since, you know, the, the Monday after Thanksgiving that I've been perfect. Now I've had bad days. I've had a couple bad weeks here and there. This process, that's the, that's the thing I think for anybody trying to get started is understand you're going to have bad days or bad weeks. Just don't let them turn into bad months and bad right. multiple months and slip back into the old, um, the old habits. Like everybody's going to have down days or tough times or, you know, there's just well, might be a time where, hell yeah, I want to have some damn pizza. You know, I want to have some damn ice cream. And that's, um, that's, that's a great, that's okay. You know, that's a great not linear. Point. It's not a straight yeah, well, line to success. Let, let me ask you on that. When you've when you've had those days or those weeks, how have you been able to get back on track? Because, again, you know, uh, for years and years and years going through it and just, you know, you know, it's like I hit yeah. the train derailment every, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, now I'm back on that track. So we'll just, we'll just stay doing what we've been doing for years. Uh, how do you get yourself back into that, that mindset? And I think that's probably a lot of people's biggest uh, hurdle is, you know, being able to take that responsibility and get back into it. Yeah. I think, I mean, one, so you can't do it alone. Right. And, and me, I'm, and I understand that, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to where I, I can hire a fitness coach and stuff. Like I know not everybody, is, you know, has that, that means or ability, but have somebody in your life who can, who can help you. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't like the term like accountability buddy. That sounds like, that sounds like negative connotations, right? That makes right. sounds makes it sound like somebody's gonna, you know, Hey, fat. So don't eat that. You know, that's not what I mean at all. You need somebody who's going to have your back and support you and be like, Hey, it's okay that you did that you had that or whatever you had us you had a moment now let's get back on track come on you got this and the other thing too is just how i physically feel you know i you know you sit there and it's just like all right i'm gonna have a cheat meal or whatever right i'm gonna get some chinese food or whatever it is and then you just you feel like absolute trash afterwards <laughs> and you're like you know uh the hard work is actually easy you know and that's when you start to learn right so the the workouts are hard and, and refraining from stuff like takes this, you know, self-discipline, but neither of those is harder than what you feel like physically after, or what I felt like physically when I was at my worst, you know, like the, just, 
walking up a flight of my back i felt like i went blank there yeah we we, we froze for a second there oh sorry about that no i, I was just saying like it, it it was you know it's such a toll when you're when you feel like just existing is a chore you yeah. know what i mean like yeah you know, it's uh, and that's for a while there that's what i felt like you know getting out of bed was a chore walking to use the bathroom was a chore walking up a flight of steps was oh my god like you know i remember i you know uh you know, trying to go on walks with my, with my little daughter, you know, she's 11 now, she's not so little, but trying to go on walks around our neighborhood and I would have to stop and, and rest every so often, you know, and just like, and, and I would be so embarrassed because, oh my God, like, what is she, you know, what is she thinking? You know, my dad right. can't even walk, you know, a quarter of a mile without having to sit down. So it's, um, those those are the moments I think about that that keep pushing me forward when it gets tough, especially like you know if you're having a tough workout and you want to quit, it's like well, I don't ever want to go back to uh, you know feeling like I can't just like go for a walk or play in the backyard with my kids. And there was a time where you know I I physically just couldn't I couldn't handle that. Like I'm I'm looking forward to this summer. You know you know you know I'm going to be even lighter than I am now and even better shape than I am now. And, you know, we're going to have a blast this summer. You know, we're going to play baseball. And, you know, I'm not sure about bike rides yet. You know, I'm still going to be a heavy, I'm still going to be a heavy guy. So uh, I don't know about bike rides yet, but nice walks and go play basketball and things like that. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so when you look at the uh, the diet, um, what are you and I've always kind of hated the term diet, but. Yeah. When you when you look at the the food intake, when you look at the fuel that you're intaking, how do you go about it? Um, for me, it's I'm very limit I'm very limited in my carbs, um, and I use my carbs earlier on in the day. So then that way, when I'm either you know working, moving, uh, working out, I'm utilizing all that energy earlier on throughout the day, and then at night. Um, you know, I'm, I'm able to supplement with a protein shake, uh, that has, you know, your vegetables, um, a little fruit in it, something that has a little more rounded nutrition value. And then that carries me through into a 15 to 16 hour fast. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much my religious kind of thing that I've been following. How do you go about it? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, I, I probably blow you away to tell you how many complex carbs I have. I have, you know, uh, um, I eat whole wheat bagels. I eat rice. I eat pasta. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's the portions and, you know, and, and, and so again, it's part of my, you know, my, I, I have a meal plan that I follow and it's, it's just, here it is. It's calculated out for me. It's based on my, um, my measurements and my body. And, um, and I, you know, it's funny, I think I'm eating more carbs now, um, than I have in a very long time. And, um again dropping significant amounts of weight but i'm also you know i'm also you know working out like a uh like a maniac and building muscle so it's um but yeah i think for me i'm also i'm also very much a creature of habit so the, the tough thing for meal with me is is just uh getting variety I'm, I'm very much a creature of habit when i find like it's weird right you can i can put myself in these places mentally because i've done it before i you know i said i got down to 308 at one point uh, and I pretty much ate the same thing for lunch for like, you know, three years straight, <laughs> same thing for dinner for like years straight. But it's, um, but for me, that's what it is really. I, you know, I, I, I just get going and I, and I, this is what I like and this works for me. And I just get like, yeah, I, I guess I probably would have been, I probably would have been good in the military. You know, I'm very good when I get on like a routine and I just, and, that, and that's really always the thing for me is uh, whether it's good momentum or bad, or bad momentum. You know, once I get momentum going, so whether it's exercise or, or my food intake and watching my meals, like it's, uh, it's just, it, it's, it's regimented. And the other thing too, is just, um, you know, not everybody likes to reheat food all the time, but it helps if you, if you have, you know, it, it, you know what it does, it, 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 um, it helps you in those lazy times, right? Those nights where you're tired. And right. you don't want to cook or, you know, lunchtime, you don't want to cook. You don't really want to do anything um, because you're tired or you had something going on. And that's what meal prep really 
is the convenience. You know, it's not supposed to be miserable, like eating out of your little container, your broccoli and chicken or whatever. You know, it's not supposed to be sad. I remember when the, uh, you know, I tried quinoa for the first time and I, uh, you know, and I messaged him and I said, uh, eating quinoa makes me sad. <laughs> so we removed quinoa from, <laughs> from, from the meal plan. <laughs> because it's, I mean, right, you have to have some, you have to have some enjoyment, right? I mean, yeah. you know, it's, not, you know, some of these people, you know, some of these people are really into fitness and nutrition stuff, these bodybuilders. They can just get their mind to a place where food is yeah. nothing but fuel. They don't care what it tastes like. Like, doesn't matter. Whatever. They'll just, you know, it's just fuel to them. But the, for the vast majority of us, there does come some enjoyment level of, of eating. Like, right? You, you want to eat something that, that is pleasing to you. And you just have to find the things that are healthy that that you like, you know, for me, like you couldn't pay me to eat broccoli, man, but <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you get, but I'll eat spinach. I'll eat kale. I'll eat green beans. You know, I'll, you, know right. I, you know, I'll eat mushrooms. I'll eat, you know, I just find these things that I, you know, and that, that was part of crafting my meal plan was working with him. I hear the things I like, here are the things I, that are hard nosed for me and then trying some different things, but you can, right. everybody out there can find that combo of like healthy, you know, healthy foods. And really, I think it's, you know, it's the simpler a food is, the easier it is for your body to break down. And, you know, the, right. um, you know, here, you know, it's funny. One that one of the things I learned this is before even, um, you know, I was still in ring of honor at the time. It's funny. We, we'd spend a lot of time around, you know, we had a lot of the guys that come over from like Europe or Australia and they were just always so amazed at how sweet all of our food is here in the States. Yeah. Like yeah. even things that aren't supposed to be sweet, just have right. an inherent sweetness to them. It's because of all the preservatives and the sugars and all that, yeah. all the crap that we added to foods here. So if you're somebody, if you're eating a lot of processed foods, if you're, you're probably not going to lose weight. Like you got to stay away right. from, it really is stay away from the processed fruits, fruits, veggies, lean proteins, um, you know, good, good, healthy carbs. You know, if you stick to those things and, and portion control, like it's, you know, you don't even have to like, kill yourself in the gym. You know, there's an old, there's an old saying, like you, you, you can't out train a bad diet, but you, you can lose weight just by watching your diet and getting like a moderate amount of exercise. Like you don't have to be, you know, um, you know, me, I'm in the, I'm in the gym, uh, lifting four days a week. Um, most weeks I'll do cardio every other, every, every single day. Maybe not the smartest thing. Your body needs rest sometimes. I was forced right. to have rest the last 10 days, so I didn't enjoy that. But, um, you know, if you're just getting walks in and, and, and trying to stay as active as you can and just, you know, um, eating, you know, simple, healthy foods, you know, right. It, it, there's not, that's the, that's the consistency, consistency and everybody pretty much, you know, right. You might not know, you might not have the expertise of, of, a nutritionist or, or, um, or, or, you know, uh, a personal trainer, but everybody can kind of have a basic idea of like, yeah, if I eat, if I eat these cupcakes, it's probably going to make me fat. You know, <laughs> like it's probably not going to be good for me. <laughs> well, you know, that's a very interesting point too, because I think one of the things that you said, which I know is a very, uh, easy, uh, excuse to use for a lot of people and that is, I love food too much. And I think that that's such an easy, you know, I guess it's it's hard to explain until you start doing it, that what we think about in terms of the enjoyment of food is not really the enjoyment of the food itself. It's what we think that enjoyment feels like. Like you said, that endorphins, that kind of, um, that quick fix. But... The truth is when you start eating things, like you said, that you like, and that just happened to be a little healthier, um, cooked a little differently. Um, also, don't de don't deprive yourself fully. I mean, I still will, mm. you know, uh, a couple days a week, I'll have a burger or I'll, you know, you go to that fast food place, but I won't bug myself with the extra carbs. I'll just have the, the proteins and get some fat in too, because of the way I'm working out, your body yeah. still needs that. Or so, fitting it into your, right. Fitting it into your daily intake, right? Yeah. You can have pizza. You can have, um, you know, one of my good friends is 
Tommaso Ciampa. I remember, I remember talking to him, and he was talking about, like, I mean, there's a guy. He's never struggled with obesity his entire life. The guy is a maniac, tireless worker, is in phenomenal shape when you see him on TV. He eats ice cream or pizza or goes to Disney. You know, I've, I've been to Disney World with him, and he enjoys food there. Just fits it into his life. And that's that's it's really it's the relationship with food that I think, you know, we struggle with, right? It's it's the it's the labeling of things. This is good or this is bad. No, it's just, it's all food. And if you overeat anything, you know, right. it's just the it's just the calorie dense food, right? If you you know, you can you you know two thousand calories worth of like lean chicken is gonna be a, an abundance a lot more than two thousand calories of pizza. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, and and which is which is interesting too because of the fact that I don't think unless you're unless you're starting to uh, do a diet that has a higher protein intake. I don't think a lot of people realize that you can eat a little bit more when you're having a higher protein intake because you want to take more protein in protein is going to help you burn that fat a little more. Um, and it's going to sustain the muscle, but it also fills you up. Unlike those empty calories where you have to eat a little bit more of the pizza to actually <laughs> yeah. feel like you're you're full, and it's it's amazing because you you said it the the sugar intake that is put into our foods, um, you know it's I I had no problem coming to terms with the fact that my two big addictions were pizza and chocolate. And those are huge sources of, of, you know, excess of sugar um, added to, you know, stuff that by themselves, you know, maybe not so bad. But when you put that that sugar on top of it, it just does not go anywhere in your body. It doesn't break down. Yeah. And, and then also I started getting that, you know, it wasn't one candy bar. It was five candy bars. Or like the king size or something crazy. You know, yeah. yeah it's yeah, like the yeah, yeah, you know, it used to be like you know, you get the individual bag of chips and it becomes like the giant <laughs> bag, you know what I mean? It yeah. just like it, it does. I it, it's scary sometimes, like you don't even because you don't even realize it. it's the brainless, mindless. I can't tell you how many yeah. times I eat, I'd open like uh, you know, you know, you get like a big family bag, good family of kids, you know, my wife, and um. Oh, we get the big bag of Doritos, right? And I just, rather than getting a bowl of it or whatever, I just grab the bag and sit down. I'm watching TV. And then, you know, an hour later, like, oh, my God, did I really just eat that entire bag? And you don't even realize it. Because in, in your, I'm not full afterwards. I'm like, I don't right. feel like I've eaten anything, you know, right. because it's just junk and empty calories. There's no nutritional value. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't enjoy damn Doritos, man, because I love Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, sure. um yeah, it's a, but it's just like it's you know every, you can have everything in moderation. Like I know it's such a cliche, it's a stupid cliche, but it's true. If you want to have some damn Doritos, have have a bowl of Doritos. It's not gonna it's not gonna completely sabotage and and derail your diet. But if you have the entire bag four times a week, yeah, dude, it's not gonna be a good situation for you. You're, you're just right. you know you know uh, you know I've I've watched my I mean my uncle my uncle <laughs> my uncle is uh, in his sixties now. He's still, you know, in great shape. He still gets around, you know, uh, great. He, you know, uh, he's still thin. And I've watched this man eat, you know, remember this man used to, he even bring me to Red Sox games since I was like six years old. You know, I remember him picking me up and we'd have Coca-Cola and, uh, you know, yodels or something or ring dings or something like that for breakfast. We'd have McDonald's for lunch, you know. Um, and this, you know, and here I am looking like this and my uncle's like real then but it's because he wouldn't gorge himself right he's not like you know he, he and, and uh, you know it's just it's just yeah. having healthier relationships with food but uh and some genetics there i'm sure lucky bastard oh, <laughs> no, there's no doubt and that's that's a very interesting thing because even in my family too when you said thin uncles i mean one of my dad's brothers was thin as a rail and it it made no sense you know how he couldn't struggle with it but you know my dad always struggled with it so you know it it, it really is too a genetic thing and i think that 
one of the things we lose sight of because of the fact that we're around a, a culture and society that everything we see around us is made to look beautiful. Yeah. And it forces us into an idea of what beautiful is. And that's a problem because now the average person does not look like what th that image is. And so now we're seeing it in our youth, right? Through social media, it's just ruining people and leading to yeah. people it, having horrible, you know, um, problems with, with their eating, um, you know, eating disorders and of course, suicides. And that's something that also, I think that now our generation, we were, we were lucky because we were still, again, you're, a, you're yeah, a you man. had the escape. There was no social media when we were kids, right. yeah. and you're you're a man's man. So you know the only the only thing is, uh, you know, when you're really young and you get picked on a little bit for being pudgy, but then you hit high school and no one's gonna mess with you because you know, <laughs> you're a big dude. You know, that's yeah. So you know, I I think that that's a very interesting thing too. Is that people are always now shooting for what they think is healthy but we all we all have a dysmorphia about us now um because even losing the weight you know i like today i i gotta be honest I, I even though i haven't like i haven't gained any weight i haven't lost any weight i'm exactly where i was and maybe even down just a little bit from yesterday when i woke up in the morning yeah. but i still for whatever reason just had that feeling right i'm just like god i'm I, i'm just i'm feeling fat i'm feeling fat even though yeah. i know i can see in the mirror the shrinkage of you know the what's happening in my body you can see the changes in your gut it's just a weird thing that we're always striving to hit an image that we see in ourselves do you still see yourself as a, like you said, 308, let's say, you know, 308. Yeah. Do you still see yourself as a thinner person when you look in the mirror, not the reality of yourself, but psychologically? No, I mean, you know, and again, it's partially it's the wrestling, right? So when I get down to 308, this is like 2010. Yeah. Um, I did the Super 8 tournament. Um, right. so like, I'm pretty proud of that. I was like the first fat guy ever to do the super eight tournament. Um, but I also, you know, I'd made some inroads with WWE. Um, I'd done a tryout. Uh, they really liked me. They wanted me to lose weight. I'd gotten, I'd gotten down to that 308. Um, and I, I was feeling good and confident and then sort of nothing, you know, nothing happened. And I remember, um, you know, I'd worked my ass off, man. I, I had, I was doing double sessions. I was, you know, watching every calorie I put in my body. I was just, you know, uh, I was in the best shape I'd ever been in in my life. I'd worked my ass off. Um, it didn't happen for me. You know, um, I got discouraged after, um, you know, basically I was told by John Laurinaitis, like, Hey, he's like, you know, when you get around 300 pounds, give me a call. I did. I stayed in contact with him the entire way through, but you know, get brought to a series of TVs. Thought I, you know, um, nothing happens. The the first night of the pay per view, didn't get to talk to him. We didn't get to get in the ring the second night. Finally, the third night, get to do a couple of matches. I thought they went well. I got a lot of really good feedback. Um, you know, I even got like kind of pulled aside, um, you know, by uh, Cody Rhodes and Mark Henry, um, and told they did a good job. Um, and then you know, nothing happens. Uh, you know, and I kind of go back and. Um, and I love these guys, you know, my trainer and the, you know, um, the owner of, of chaotic wrestling, you know, and I kind of go back to them and I kind of get the same old, like, well, you know, you got to get in better shape. And I'm just like, and that was just so, um, disheartening at that yeah. point, because I still, you know, at that point that just shattered my confidence. Cause then I just kind of looked at myself like, you're still just a fat piece of, you know, yeah. crap, you know, with a little more yeah. colorful language. Um, and, um, and it did. It, it was just, it was soul crushing because, and it, I was already down because I, you know, 
you build yourself up, right? Oh my God, I might have a chance here. I might have a chance here. And something didn't happen. And I just needed somebody to kind of lift me back up in that moment. And, and it, again, it's not their fault that I fell off. But shit, you know, <laughs> like I just needed a little like, you know, hey, you're getting there. Keep working instead of like, no, you got to get in better shape. And it's just like wrestling just plays with your mind. And, and, and also for me, the other big thing is just my, you know, for – you know, 21 years now, my entire wrestling persona has been based on being a, a super heavyweight, a big guy. Now, I don't need to be this big. I don't need to be as big as I was. Um, you know, um, I should be, you know, wrestling-wise, I probably should have spent my entire career in the low 300s. And then when, when it was time to retire, that's when, you know, you get the rest of the weight off. Um, you know, but your my identity really in wrestling is really wrapped up in being a a big guy. So if I went down to 260 or 250, like who the hell am I at that point? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, um, you know, I mean, this is getting way off into some different things now, but it's, you know, you start to get, you know, no, but um, it's, but it's wrestling true, just preys on your mind too with yeah. that stuff. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, honestly, in the early, uh, it was, it was 1999. Um, I was uh, right around, uh, just over 300 pounds. Uh, I was acting and I decided to lose weight and Hollywood knew me as the fat guy. I got down to like 175 and guess what? That was it. No phone calls, no nothing. No one knew what the fuck to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. And then, so then I had to reinvent myself and that's when I started wrestling because I wanted to put on some muscle. I wanted to give it a try. I didn't want to make it a career, but I wanted to get trained and, you know, and I got myself into the best shape I could possibly get into. And then mentally, I, I just let it all go, man. I thought I was an invincible first and then you get past the point of invincibility and then, yeah. that's, and then it, you know, the train, the train goes off. And I think for me to stock reality, yeah, the reality that I've kind of come to is in watching some of my Ring of Honor stuff. I'm I'm lighter right now. I am I'm about six pounds off from where I was when I did the top prospect tournament. But I am the you know, I'm probably thirty-ish pounds lighter than at any point I was during the entire run of the bouncers. Which yeah. is like wow, because I felt pretty good at you know that entire run. Um, I felt like, you know, but I was also wrestling a lot more. So obviously I was eating horrible and drinking too much, which kept my weight up. Um, uh, but ring, ring shape, I was in pretty good ring shape cause I was wrestling all the time. Yeah. Um, but, um, I looked at that. I was like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm in physically better shape now than any point. And now, you know, then of course, like that's a whole nother beating yourself up thing of like, Oh my God, how did I squander, <laughs> you know? You know, so that's a whole different thing. But yeah, I um, it does because you just you get so wrapped up in it. Well, I'm the big guy. I'm a big, I'm a big fat drunk. I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be here. I don't have to worry about losing weight. You know, I just have to be in ring shape so I can wrestle and go, which I could, and I had no problems there. And you know, during the pandemic, that's when I ran into problems being able to go in the ring. Um, I'm lucky they didn't fire me. Uh, you know, um, I'll for a number of reasons. I'll I'll forever be. Um, indebted to um you know to delirious um for uh for a number of things but you know during my lowest point he was more concerned with me as a human being than he was with me as a performer and just wanted to make sure i was okay and boy did that mean the world to me and uh you know the picture i always use is sort of my you know for the side by side is my rock bottom it was uh you know the bouncers versus ogk and uh i've known matt i know mike bennett I started the first time I wrestled Mike Bennett was like in 2003. He was the first feud I ever was part of in a, in a small little independent promotion. And I've known Matt Tavins. I, I don't know what year I met Matt, but pretty much his entire career. And those guys are my friends. And I stink out the place. Thank God, empty arena match. And afterwards, I was, I was, you know, pretty low. And, um, you know, uh, was uh, Bennett who pulled me aside and talked to me. For, I don't even know how long we talked. It might have been 90 minutes. Um, but just, you know, really, you know, that conversation meant the world to me. And, and yeah. I don't know that I'm sitting here today without that conversation. Um, but that's the type of stuff, you know, um, you know, uh, that means a lot to you and has pushed me, has pushed me forward. But again, it's just like that, you know, 
your identity just gets so wrapped up in certain things that you just yeah. you lose sight of it you lose sight of who you are or what you are or what you're supposed to be and sometimes the lines get blurred and you know it's uh um but I, I can tell you I'm in a lot better place in a lot of different a lot of different aspects right now than I am than I was in 2021 and, and you know a lot of 2022. Is it not easier? I mean, and this is what I found for myself. So much easier to um, to play that character outside of what you're actually doing. So let it spill into real life, essentially. Yeah. Because it's the excuses. It's like, well, you you said it. I, I you know, I, I mirrored that type of thing, too. And that is, well, everyone expected me to be the fat drunk guy and the funny guy. So yeah. I, I can do this. Why can't I have all this food? Why can't I have all these drinks? You know, why can't I be the John Belushi, the Chris Farley? Because even though I know that those guys... <laughs> you know, drove themselves to an early death. The same thing though, is that instead of allowing myself to be hurt by the reality of what I'm going through, I'm protecting myself by just pretending to be what I've been labeled as. Yeah. It's a sad, it's a sad, it's like the sad clown syndrome. You know, it's like, it's, uh, you know, for us, you know, the bouncers, you know, it's supposed to be, the funny thing is, is, you know, a lot of times the bruiser just went back, you know, you had a couple beers and you go back and go to bed and I'd be the one that would stay up partying and, like, um, and that, and that sort of stuff, man. Um, you know, I look back at it. So, so, you know, especially with some of the recent things that have happened, um, I, I don't, I don't regret the good times. I regret letting the good times get out of control, uh, letting myself get out of control in the good times. Um, but yeah, it just, it really does. You almost start to like, you know, so then you do indie shows, right? Um, and you do indie shows and the guys there want to drink with you or you do meet and greets with fans and people are bringing you beers and it yeah. just, it really does. It starts to bleed over, um, you know, and you kind of start, stop to, um, and I never had that. I never had that problem kind of before, um, the bouncers. I was very, you know, I was able to really separate it and uh yeah. for whatever reason you know i mean i i know there's reasons and i won't get into them here but personal problems and things of that nature like you're right everybody goes through tough times and stuff and i it's all you know it's all how you respond to them and i just didn't respond to my tough times you know well so it becomes right you, you start to collect all these sort of coping mechanisms you know whether it's drinking or whether it's eating excessive calories or whether it's getting wrapped up in your character because you get addicted to the, like, you know, well, you know, um, I, I don't, you know, Brian Malonis has a lot going on, but Brawler Malonis is the life of the party and he's a happy guy and he's part of the bouncers, yeah. yep. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's all coping mechanisms and, and masking the things that are, that are really wrong. And that's, you know, that's been a big part of my journey too. Which is very interesting too, because you brought up something that, most people cannot relate to and that is boy <clears throat> whether it be the indie wrestlers who are looking up to you because you have experience in the business and so you know essentially they want something from you um nothing you know monetary but they want your knowledge they want to be as successful as you have been right or if it's fans who think they know you because of your character or watching you or appreciate you when they are offering you something, if you turn it down, you're a dick. <laughs> yeah. You know, you yeah. can't win because now <laughs> you're, you're, it's like, Oh man, I don't know if I could do another beer. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. And it's, uh, it's, I remember, I mean, Funny but not funny story. I remember the first meet and greet we did in Philadelphia, and um, we had just started to kind of get over and stuff. And like, man, it was like every fan who came up to us just like it was funny. Like, you know, I think we got more beers bought for us than we actually sold like autographs. Like people, I don't, you know, I'm not even, I don't even mean that to be like self-deprecating right. or anything. Like, we probably sold fifteen or twenty, you know you know, eight by tens or whatever, which is good because every, at that point the bullet club is still there. So everybody's just spending all their money on the bullet club. 
But we had so many people coming up trying to buy us beers. Like we did have to get to a point. Like, hey guys, we gotta we gotta wrestle tonight. Um, like, <laughs> you know, uh, this stuff's a work. You know, <laughs> like I can't I can't actually be drunk and go out and perform. <laughs> right. Right. No. And you know. And and that's that's the difference between a guy like Chris Farley, who he just couldn't stop. That yeah. because that was the affection and admiration that he was looking for in his real life that he wasn't getting, he wasn't getting that satisfaction. And I think that that's something that could have easily happened to, you know, any performer, especially when you're dealing with, you know, if your own insecurities take over and you don't allow yourself that moment to say, wait a minute, it is all work. <laughs> It's yeah. like, you know, I can't do this, um, especially because I could easily drop someone on their head. You know, it's like yeah. I have responsibilities still within the parameters of what my job is. And, you know, you you kind of said it um, at any point you can still get fired. And that's something that's a reality that is a hard concept with fans separating, you know what the business is for us versus, you know, what they see and how they're entertained. And even though they appreciate us, you have to, you know, you have to remember that, you know, I'm still a professional and that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. We forget about, you know, it's called pro wrestling for a reason. It's because we've got to be professionals. Right. So it's, it's interesting that, you know, you had all those perspectives and yet, you know, you're, you've been able to, take you know what was a lowest point for you and now start spinning it into what will surely be one of the highest points in your life if only for the fact that you're going to get those moments with your kids at that perfect point in their life and i gotta point out before we wrap up here the picture you posted I think it was yesterday or the other day of your son pointing at the WrestleManias. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he loves it, man. He, it's such, this has been, um, yeah, I, I hadn't gone to a lot, you know, really hadn't gone to any WWE stuff. Once I got to ring of honor, um, I just felt weird about it. You know, I don't, you know, I don't, it just made me feel weird for, for better or for worse. It, um, but now the last couple of years, you know, um, last year and this year, uh, we've been to a number of WWE shows, and uh, he he loves it. So it's really fun to watch um, through his eyes because it, yeah. it's almost like I get to I get to watch myself a little bit and what what my parents probably experienced when I was um, when I was little. And to watch him, you know, uh, we were at Raw, um, you know, and then to watch his emotions through the the turn of Jay Uso on Sami Zayn and then Cody coming out and just watching the, the swings of emotion. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's really, it's really fun to, it's really fun to watch. And he, uh, you know, he wanted to get the picture pointing at the, at the WrestleMania sign. Cause that's what everybody does, right? They point at right. the, at the, at the WrestleMania sign. My, my brother says to me, he's like, He's like, man, it's going to be fun when that picture ends up uh, in his in his WWE biography someday. Right. Um, so yeah, he loves it though, man. He I I, I literally have to drag him because look, hey, I'm not I'm not trying to sound like an old curmudgeonly veteran, but goddamn it, I've I've taken down enough rings in my life. If I work a match, especially if I work the main event, I don't want to stick around and and break down the ring. That's right. for the young guys, not because I think I'm too good. I just don't want to do. Do it, and I and I love and appreciate the young guys who are out there busting their butts doing it. But my boy, so he loves doing the ring crew, um, and he just like he hops in, he just helps, and he like he talks to these guys like he's like uh, you know he's so funny. He's only seven, but he just like you know he's taking down the row. He's just so funny. He's like a little adult, and he gets like he gets pissed when I'm like, all right, come on, buddy, like daddy wants to go, man, like daddy's tired. <laughs> Um, so he gets pissed when I drag him out of venues, but he, you know, uh, he loves it. And he's, you know, I, he's so freaking lucky too. Like I think of, 
I, I still think of think of this day. The first wrestler I ever met was uh, SD Special Delivery Jones. And my, you know, and I, man, we grew up poor. Like I think I went to maybe three or four WWE shows, but I didn't get to go to a lot. Uh, yeah. Plus, where I lived, like in New Hampshire, like they never really came. And it was like the sea shows back in the day. Um, you know, when when they did come. So to be able to take him, and then you know, I'm lucky enough. I have some really great friends. So he's gotten. Um, days at Disney World with guys, you know, that he has action figures of. Uh, he got to go backstage and, uh, you know, I was lucky, I was lucky enough to, uh, you know, um, good friends with Kofi. Kofi, you know, um, you know, did a little quick little meet and greet with him. And he's so funny because he just, you figure, like me, I couldn't imagine at seven going, going backstage and meeting, you know, uh, former WWE champion, like, you know, right. and, um, you know, he, he just talked to him like he knew him forever. And he's asking him, like, hey, where's the entrance? And, you know, can you show me? Like, you no know, flies on this on this kid. Like, he's he's, a, he's, an, ama- he's an amazing kid. I, I know he's going to get in the business. For me, it's gonna, the fight is going to be keeping him out of the business until he's, you know, until he's old enough. That's right. going to be the fight. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, he's, he's only about, what, seven years off maybe about – you could start training. Uh, right? I, I, no, I don't want him to. I don't want him to do anything until he until he's graduated high school, man. I think it's. Uh, uh, God, that's going to be such a fight. I know it's going to be a fight through his teenage years to uh, to keep him to keep him out of the ring. Uh, but I look I look at the people who did start that young, and sometimes it works out. But I've seen more failed stories than success stories. Um, I I started at nineteen and I struggled. Uh, you know, from the from maturity standpoint, initially. Um, so, uh, maybe be different than him cause he's essentially growing up in the business. He's been around right. it, right. you know, um, but still I, it, I just, it's just one of those things. It's, uh, um, I think you just, you gotta have a certain level of maturity, um, uh, both yeah. physically and, and mental maturity cause it's a tough business. It's the entertainment business, you know, and, uh, I see it today. I see a lot, of, I see a lot of, um, younger people, you know, in the business right now, they, they really struggle with. Um, the criticism and the doors getting slammed in their face and yeah. you, you know, any, anything in the entertainment world, um, whether it's professional wrestling, even at the independent level or if it's acting or whatever, you're going to hear a lot more no's yeah. uh, than you're going to hear. yeses. You're going to have to fight through criticism. You're going to have to uh, fight through probably some political situations. You're going to have to have some thick skin. You're going to hear things you don't want to hear. Um, you know, you're going to hear criticisms that you might think are unfair. And I'm not even talking about like the, the, the terrible stuff that shouldn't happen ever. Cause right. I think, I think, I think that there, there has been a seismic shift in that stuff leaving the business. But I just mean in general, there's few spots and a lot of people who want them. Yeah. So it's, you know, I think you just got to have a, you got to have the maturity to be able to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, I think you, you said it, um, you know, growing up around it. Um, listen, someone who's seven years old and likes doing ring crew is, <laughs> you know, I mean, because look yeah. at how many 19 year olds are just like, you know, wait, I'm supposed to be a star. What am I doing? Yeah. Oh, he loves it, man. He loves it. I was in like this um, street fight match. You know, I had like a, it was like a street fight. And like my wife had to like physically restrain him. Because he like and he was he was crying because he wanted to come like so it's funny right he knows it's a work he knows wrestling you know he knows the deal he knows you know he knows these guys their daddy's friends and he talks to them so he but when the when it's happening when it's happening especially with me it's real man it's right. like it's as real as it gets so his emotions get really charged up during my matches and he wants to help and he wants to like you know he's so funny with it he loves it though uh, he absolutely loves it. That's amazing. Um, so, Brian, let's uh, let's retouch base um, probably sometime in May, and yeah. uh, let's just you know kind of update people on how it's been going, and um, you know if there's if there's been any uh, in that time, any roadblocks, any struggles, or you know how smooth it's been going. Um, and kind of at that point, you know, what your ultimate end game uh, is going to be uh, because, you know, 
again, it's it's such a crazy business. What you think right now, <laughs> you see yourself <laughs> doing <laughs> in two months is a totally different, you know, opportunity that opened, and you're like, oh my god, now I'm doing this. Um, so it's 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 yeah. fascinating on that end too. It's like not only are you going through a, a journey that a lot of people you know, struggle to go through or are going through themselves right now. But you also have the parallel of what this business is and, you know, how hard it is sometimes to actually make sense <laughs> how things happen. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I mean, that, for me, I've been, I've, been, I've been pretty open with, um, you know, um, that's been big for me, I think, and this has been pretty open with my journey and, and, you know, sort of trying to speak my goals into existence. But I mean, the end game here is uh, the ultimate end game is I, I want to write my own ending, right? Which I don't, I, you know, hopefully knock on wood, you know, hopefully it's nowhere near. Um, and I want to write my own ending in wrestling. I don't want it taken away because I got too fat or out of shape or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, I want to write my own ticket out, but my, but my real goal is I want, I, I want people to see my big ass back on TV. You know, I, I, I feel like I got, I left a lot on the table uh, and I feel like I got a lot left to prove. Um, so um, I haven't, again, you hear a lot, right? Like I said, you hear a lot more no's than you hear yeses in this business, but uh, I haven't heard a don't contact us anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, so I, that's my goal straight up is by the end of this year to, to be back on, to be back on TV in some, some capacity. So, uh, you know, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but that's what I'm working towards. And that's what keeps me focused from the wrestling standpoint. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you know, that's the best way to look at it. Um, and I think too, you know, one of the things that when you have the perspective of being in it, as long as you have been, you know, over 20 years in the business, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's something else, right? Because you're not, you're not. Uh, first of all, you're not close to being to an age that is, you know, now really having to consider being done just because you, your body is breaking down. Yeah. Um, so you still have those years that you can you feel. Forty well, one's a weird age, right? You're not old, but you're not young. You know, right. <laughs> like it's a, you know I, I remember having a conversation with PJ Black, and uh, he had talked about like his dad used to always say, "Hey, a wrestler's peak is like forty one to forty six, and it's because like you're not what you once were physically, but your mind is so is so sharp." Yeah. And I, you know, I feel like from like the mental standpoint, yeah, I feel I feel very sharp, and it's just keep working, get my body to that point. Um, and I feel pretty damn good right now. Like, I feel like I could be on TV right now and, and just got to keep plugging away. The Again, very few spots, a lot of people that want them. So I just got to keep working towards it. Well, we'll check back in a couple months and we'll see. Uh, and if, and if we don't check back with you in a couple months, that means I can't get permission to talk <laughs> to you through whatever company <laughs> it is. Well, that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> We'll touch base no matter what, but uh, yeah, man, definitely we'll touch base in, in May and give an update. And uh, I, I'll guarantee you this: I won't be a four hundred pounder anymore yeah. next time we that's, we talk in May. That's that's what you know. What that's the encouraging thing, and I think that anyone, again, anyone struggling, uh, you know, listen to some of the steps that both of us have kind of thrown out there, um, because you know, right now both of us have you know come from different perspectives of being 400 pound guys. And, um, you know, I'm, I've been lucky enough to now get, you know, 60 pounds under that. Um, but it wasn't overnight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's consistency, I, right? Anybody who's struggling out right. there consistently take the first step and then just take the second step and then just take the right. third step and then just keep moving forward and have consistency. Cause you know, um, if I can do it, literally anybody can, you know, uh, yeah. and I truly believe that. Yeah. And, and that was the thing that caught my eye most, man, because that's it. It's like, you know, I'm, I, I committed on December 31st. So, you know, it was, it was that time frame. I saw what you were doing and it just kind of resonated with what I was about to do. And that was my thinking. Well, shit, if Brian can do this, 
I can do this. This is Absolutely. this is something you can do. So um, I guess the main thing for people listening, if you're, you know, if you're struggling, um, there's there's two things. One, stay with it, and two, make sure that you check on yourself with everything that's going on in your mind because mentally it's the first step mentally is the hard thing to get over doing the work physically adjusting your eating and everything you can do that that's easy but the obstacles mentally are very tough and um you know find the the um the base of people who love you and will support you like brian said um, because that is very important and, um, you know, and whether it's people that are close to you now or whether it's a, uh, you know, a Weight Watchers group even, you know, find that support group. And uh, like Brian said, if he can do it, you can do it. So, you know, that's that's the challenge out there. If you're listening to this and you need to lose 10 pounds, you want to lose, you know, 100 pounds, whatever your goal is you can do it and uh, i'm sure if you reach out to brian uh or myself absolutely we'll we'll answer any questions you guys have because we feel like we're all in this together um because we've we've all been in in that dark place and now we want to go to that next level and uh, find the happiness so i appreciate it man i'm so glad you uh you decided to uh come on with me it's nice seeing you again it's been a while and uh yeah I can't thanks wait. for having me yeah man i can't wait to see uh where where we are in may so hell yeah keep your eyes open keep your eyes peeled. you never know where i'll pop up <laughs> exactly all right everyone thanks for tuning in until next time take care everybody Vegas bad boys of podcasting